From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged email edition for Thursday, June 12th, 2008 from Orlando, 13th. Florida. No, tomo- today is the 11th. Tomorrow is the 12th, and that's when I'm putting it up. Both these are going up oh. tomorrow. Oh, okay. Sorry. So I'm, I'm, I'm on top of it. I'm on top of it. I mean, this, it's, we're late this week, so I'm not going to stagger them. So <laughs> get all confusified. And just to remind everybody, if you did not listen to our, uh, our last show, our last uh, discussion show that uh, we are going to be moving the date, uh, the days that our show goes live. Our discussion show will now be going up starting next week, going up on Wednesdays instead of Tuesdays, and our email shows will be going up on Thursdays instead of Wednesdays. And that is to accommodate my attempt to shave fifty pounds off my carcass. I'm about to change all those little graphics that say, "Is it Tuesday yet?" To Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it Tuesday yet? No. So we're going to go ahead and get started. We have uh, plenty of voicemails and emails to share with you today. Just to remind everyone, if you want to send us a voicemail, it's toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 877-310-9662. If you want to send us an email, it's podcast at wdwinfo.com. And as always, if we read your email or play your voicemail on our show, you will get your choice of a Diz Unplugged t-shirt or a pin and lanyard. And at the end of every month, we select one lucky listener at random whose email or voicemail we played on the show, and you get a chance to win a big prize from the Prize Matron, which I still have to get all those recorded and put in here. i got to do that this week. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play our first voicemail this week. comes to us from Sarah in Ohio, who has some questions about free dining. Hi, Biz Team. This is Sarah calling from Ohio. Uh, my husband and I have been listening to the Diz for over a year and are huge fans. We appreciate the honest and informative opinions that you provide, are resulting in our becoming DVC members through the Timeshare Store and also in our booking the 2009 podcast cruise. Obviously, Yay. both of your suggestion. Enough about our fidelity to the Diz, and on to my question. As a Disney Visa card holder, I was able to book my free dining reservation for September this morning. Being the wonderful daughter-in-law that I am, I've invited my mother-in-law to attend. Both my husband and I have been wanting to take her for a while, and this is a deal we just can't pass up. We already have a hotel room. Um, we would just have to buy basically a, a plane ticket and park tickets, being that her food is free. Um, however, due to extenuating circumstances, including sick family members, it's very possible that my mother-in-law may be forced to cancel with short notice. This got my husband and I thinking. What if my mother-in-law is forced to cancel when the trip is less than 45 days away and any changes result in a, will result in a fee? I'm sure that my husband and I can use her dining credits, being that we're on the same reservation and her credits will be on our Key to the World cards. And also, I'm convinced that I can get into the park on her Key to the World card. Um, we're only going to purchase just a few days into the park, but she would have never activated it, so how would they know that I'm not my mother-in-law? My logic is that I've already paid for her to attend, and I don't want to lose any money by canceling when her ticket and her food credits can still get used. Also, my understanding is that Disney only wants one person to check in at the hotel. So would they even know if she didn't make it to Florida? What are your thoughts? Do you think this is unethical? Do you think I could pull it off? Thanks for your help. Hope this doesn't start another heated debate on the Diz boards. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much for calling in, Sarah. Um, look, a- as you said, you've already paid for the stuff. If you paid for it and you're not able to cancel it and you don't want to lose it, absolutely. There's no, I don't see any problem at all with you, you using that. And, you know, I love the people on my boards, but sometimes some of them just get a little crazy when it comes to stuff like this. Now, I can understand if you were trying to get something you didn't pay for or you were trying to exploit a loophole in the system to get something for nothing. But that's not the case here. You're paying for it. Uh, there's a legitimate re- if you can't If your mother-in-law can't use it, there's a legitimate reason why not. It's already paid for. It's available to you. Absolutely use it. I don't th- see anything unethical or even debatable about that. 
I don't know. Am I missing something? She's going to run into an issue if she goes to a, a, a dining location and tries to order three meals, and there's only two people there. That's going to raise a flag to the to the dining staff where they're going to say, listen, you can't do that. The other person has to be here for that. But I guess from a technical standpoint, no, they don't expect everybody to be present at check-in. You don't have to present everybody. And um, the the pass is on a card, so if they use the pass two days and then use her own pass for two days, no one's going to know that it's a different person. But she might run into some problems at the restaurant if you're trying to try to order more than the number of people that are there. Well, I mean, I can't imagine two people would sit down and order three meals. You haven't eaten with Kevin and I. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Did you ever go out to dinner with Bob? Well, again, these are exceptions, not rules. <laughs> this, you know, unfortunately, this gets into that area. You know, she asked herself, do you think it's ethical? I think that if you are questioning it, then you really have to sit and think about it for yourself. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying I'm having trouble seeing where they could right. pause. You know, unethical to me would be if you were obtaining something through manipulation or something that, you know, get, trying to get something for nothing. Okay, that's unethical. I can, I can understand that. But when it comes to, I mean, you're, you're paying for it. Yeah, it's her money. You're paying for it. So I don't... And as far as your, your original part of that question, yeah, if you cancel her uh, within the 45 days, they're going to charge you a change fee. And it depends on how close you are to travel. They'll uh, charge you some money to actually remove someone from a reservation. Disney's actually pretty good about it. if you add somebody to a reservation, they usually waive the change fee because you're spending more. But if you take somebody off, they're almost always going to apply it. And you know, if you if you really are concerned about you know the ethics of it, you know, think about maybe somebody else that can join you on the trip instead of your mother-in-law. Um, but uh, hope it works out. I, like I said, I don't see a problem with it personally. And it just kind of confuses me why some of these things become issues uh, on the boards. But that's just the way the boards are. So thank you very much for calling in, Sarah. I appreciate it. Who has an email they would like to read? I do. All right. Mrs. Martin. Mine's from Dave Tavener Tavener in Lebanon, Ohio, another Ohioan. Um, He says, my family and I are going to Walt Disney World in December, and I want to create a special shadow box display that will memorialize the trip. First, I need to give you a little background. In 2005, my wife and I adopted five children from Texas, all siblings, three girls and two boys, ranging from nine years old down to 18 months. God bless you. We couldn't wait to take them to Disney, so our first trip was in September that year, exactly one year from the date we found out that we would be adopting them. The next year, their baby sister became available for adoption, so she joined the family in July of 2006. Now it's time to show her the magic as well. The kids are of Mexican descent, while I'm Anglo-German and my wife is Irish-German. My idea was to create a shadow box display with the Mickey ears pins from the World Showcase countries that match all of our ethnic backgrounds, with a USA pin in the center. He's found an Irish pin on eBay, and he's stumped about what to use in the background. He'd like a nice map of the World Showcase where he could place the pins in the appropriate spots, but he wants to do something better than the guide map. Do they sell higher quality maps of the parks? Do you have any other ideas of what I could add to the shadow box? Maybe special things from each of the country's gift shops. I did a little research about customized maps of Walt Disney World, and I was told that you send an email to this address. It's Disney Maps. That's M-A-P-S at royalimpressions.com. Um, you send them an email, tell them what you want, and in two to three weeks, you'll have a map. Obviously, you'd have to pay for it. I've never done this. I don't really know that much about it. And this was, uh, Disney gave you this information? Yes. Cool. I didn't um, know that. I didn't know you could do that. I know, me neither. Um, she, it took her a little while, but she did it, went in her little system or whatever and found this for me. Not sure how much it will cost you, but... You can specify, like, you know, whether you want one of just Epcot or Magic Kingdom or whatever. And specifically for him, he wants the World Showcase. So send them an email. Tell them what you want. See if they can accommodate you. Now, my ideas for the shadow box as far as items from each country. Mexico, you have a lot of different choices. But I was thinking that each child could choose one of the Animales Fantasticos, which are the little wooden um, carvings. 
and there's supposedly spirits and wood. So it's small and could go in the shadow box, and each child could choose something that they feel like represents them. You know, whether it be like a small crab or a cross or whatever. Um, Germany, they have many cuckoo clocks that are magnets. You could obviously, you know, glue that or stick it to the wall. They also have small crystal figurines that you could choose. Just make sure you choose one that is made in Germany and not one of the one that's not. Like, I think Ariba's Brothers. I'm not sure that they're actually German. And then in the UK, they don't have a very large selection of items from Ireland. But one of the things um, that's really nice, they have the Belek Fine Perian China. And these are either ornaments or small pieces of china. They have Irish blessings on them. So that could be something you could do for your family, and that way the ornament could hang inside the box. So not everything is down below on the bottom. But those are just a few of my ideas. You can obviously look around in each pavilion. Maybe you'll find something that you like better, but hopefully that helps out a little bit. I came up with an idea when I read this also. Each of the countries sells little lapel pins that are the flag of the country. Now, all of the cast members that work in each of the countries are actually from the countries that they're working in. And I thought if you have your camera with them, with you, take a picture of your kids buying the flag pins from somebody who works in the country. That would be sort of a memory. You would get the little flag pin yeah. from the country plus a picture of the cast member selling it to them. That's sort of a memory to grow up to. And I also thought... You know, he wants to do the world showcase map. You could also do an actual map of the world, so that way the kids can see exactly where Mexico is, you know, locate exactly where they came from and put their pin there, you know, then Ireland and Germany, obviously, and the United States, but that's definitely up to you. I also think uh, you and your wife deserve uh, kudos for uh, doing such a, a nice thing, not only, not only adopting children, which I think is, is great, but keeping that whole family together. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times with adoptions, we, I knew this from growing up. My, my mom and dad took in foster kids for many years. And we'd see these kids get adopted, and we'd see families getting broken up all the time. It was terrible. So I think, uh, I think it's really cool that you and your wife did that. So good. Thank you very much for that, Julie. Let's learn something new. I had no idea you could order, <laughs> you could order, your, order maps from... Uh, see, I told you all you'll learn something new. Learn something new every day. Thank you very much for that. Who else has an email I'd like to read? I do. Mr. Close. Uh, mine comes from Ed in Uniondale. Ed writes, Hi, Kevin. I was wondering if you could, uh, during one of your more, excuse me, during one or more episodes, take a somewhat different approach to restaurant reviews. With the economy in the sewer, I think many people, myself included, might be taking a more economical approach to our Disney World vacations, if we can even go at all. To that end, perhaps you could do a segment where you could talk about the best pure value or values in the park. Which places will you get the most decent food for not a lot of money? Good suggestion. It's something hard to quantify, but I think you can handle it, and it would be very helpful to many of us. I do agree with the overall approach you often take that price can be secondary if you've had a good meal and a good experience. But considering the times we're in, price is probably going to become a make-or-break issue for many people if they can vacation at all in the coming year or, God help us, years. Thanks again, Ed. Uh, I've thought a lot about this, and I don't know... That I feel, I, I always try and tell you whether I think the food that I'm talking about is a value or not. You're not going to find bargains on Disney property. I think what I'm going to do is, I think what I'll, I'll try and come up with ways to economize. However, I think my best suggestion for you is if food on Disney property becomes a make or break situation, that you start considering off property venues for dining. I think you're not going to find bargains or deals on Disney property unless Disney does something to accommodate that. Most of the time when you walk into a fast food place, the prices are all within a ballpark. I mean, you're not going to walk in and find one thing at three forty nine and something right, at twelve ninety nine. Like, perhaps some buffets are better than others. The quality of food is better than others for the same price. You know, things like that. I can I can try and do it. I just think if you if that's uh, I, I think there are other ways to approach it rather than looking for the value at Disney restaurants. 
everybody's going to see the value in something. Everybody's going to see the value differently. I try and express my opinion of what's a value and what's not. I'll see what I can come up with as far as offering. The only, only time I disagree with what you just said is that there is one thing on property I'm a broken record about that is an absolute bargain, and that's Earl of Sandwich. Oh, I agree. I think Earl of Sandwich gives you a good amount of food for a reasonable price. Your whole family, I mean, a family fork can eat for $20. If you really wanted yeah. to, um, I like that they have your the refill your own drink station. So if you want to fill your drink up and take it with you into you know the rest of downtown Disney, that you don't have to buy a drink to to travel with. So I really think the Earl sandwich is a bargain, but and you can't have that every day. No, obviously. you can't. But I I do think that uh, you know we don't normally approach our reviews from the standpoint of the economy of it. Um, I mean we pay a lot more attention to the quality of the experience than we do necessarily the the value. So maybe it would be a good thing to try and see if we can come up with a segment for that. So if you think you can, we'll let them pick a number. And if you don't think you can, then we won't let them pick a number. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> do I have to decide Ed's yes. rate this minute? Indeed. Does Ed get to pick a number? Yes or no? <gasps> tick tock. Tick Do we have dramatic music? I wish I did. Disney dining for under 10 a person? <laughs> Disney on ten dollars a day. I don't know. Is that reasonable? No, no definitely. Can not. you find some <laughs> uh, shahimi uh, gray tuna? <laughs> Ed, him, I'll see what I can do. Give him a number. All right, Ed, pick a number. We'll make him do it. It's like I don't want to do it. <laughs> and maybe the answer is we can't do it. Yeah, maybe, maybe the answer is maybe no. the answer is there really isn't anything overly economical other than what we've already said. You know. So all right, cool. Well, thank you very much, Ed. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, play our next voicemail. Comes to us from Jamie. Jamie did not tell us where she was from, but she had a very nice compliment for the team. Hi, my name is Jamie Trissel. I just have to say that my family and I, we are coming to Disney World in September. Oh it is my first trip in 10 years. It is my children's very first trip. And I stumbled across your website a few months ago while, I was, while I, we were planning our trip. And some people have criticized, um, you know, the magic being lost by all the tips and the things and the criticisms. And I have to say that I am beyond myself excited, and the magic could not get lost on this trip. But it is truly um, the, the advice and your insight is invaluable to me. It's just such great direction because there's so much to do in Disney and there's so many ways to get completely lost and um, we just want it to be a completely magical week and and you know what you guys doing what you do every week I am sure Disney listens and I am sure that it makes them step up their game and uh, it's just wonderful so thank you so very much for doing what you do it is uh, truly wonderful and appreciated and um, especially because this is the trip of a lifetime. We're coming with 10 people, uh, all four grandkids thus far, and um, we just really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Um, we just, I don't feel like could do this trip without the information you guys have passed us. So thank you. Have a good day. Oh, and I love, 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 love the blog. So um, I enjoy that, I think, most now. So thank you. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for that, Jamie. It's uh, Honestly, that's the reason we do it. We really um, we enjoy sharing our knowledge and our passion for Disney, and we want to share it with people who may not know it as well as we do because we know how expensive these vacations are. We know how much goes into planning a Disney vacation. It's not the sort of destination you can just kind of show up and wing it. Uh, I guess you could do that and still have a good time, but you're not going to see nearly as much or get as much value, I think, for your, for your dollars. So I, uh, I normally don't play uh, compliment voicemails, but... Um, I thought that one was particularly nice, and I'm a little light on, on voicemail, which is why I was begging for them in the last show. But uh, I really do appreciate you calling in, Jamie. Thank you very much. And, uh, Corey, you have an email? I have one from Kim from Canada. Um, she's coming in July uh, for her fifth anniversary, and she has a question about fast passes. She says, when you get a fast pass, you have to wait two hours before you're able to get another fast pass. But what if you use that fast pass before those two hours have passed? Can you get another fast pass, or do you still have to wait? Um, no, you don't have to wait to get another one. You um, you get a fast pass, and you can't use it. You can't get another one for another two hours. Or 
if that fast pass time is before the two hours, you can get another one. So if you get a fast pass at 10 o'clock and the time you can use it is at 1130, you can get another fast pass at 1130. You don't have to wait till 12. So. Or you don't have to use that first fast pass up to get your second fast pass as no. long as the time goes past. How do they know you used it? It's all computerized. It's all. I know, but do they, do they put them like through some little system after they take them from you? No, don't they have like a, a, a time frame on the bottom of your pass says you can get your next fast pass? Yeah, they usually say time. right on it, you can get your next fast pass here. They right. don't necessarily know you used it, but they know what times they're out for. That's how they know to make the times longer and longer. If you longer. get a fast pass at 10 o'clock and the, your return time is at 6 o'clock, you have to wait two hours from 10 oh, o'clock to get another one. I don't get how they know you used it. If you get a fast <laughs> pass well, they, at they, 10 o'clock, they don't. They I don't guess that's why I said it doesn't. you don't have to use it to get your next fast yeah, pass. Because they don't actually scan your fast pass right. in the yeah, way. Yeah, I know, but you just But said they know when you put your ticket in that machine. To get it out. What the last fast pass, you, what time the last fast pass was that you it's got. It's okay, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're confused, someone else probably is. Yeah. It doesn't, the using the pass or not using so, the pass has no control over whether or not you can get another one. So they don't but care. But you just said that it did. On your, okay, on this, your key to I'm the world card. I'm just going to use an example. Because you said if you get one at 10 o'clock and you use it at, you have to use it at 10.30, say it's between 10.30 and 11, and you use it at 10.30, you can get another one immediately. You don't have to wait two hours. Right, because you've or, your, your window of opportunity has passed. Right. Take out the word whether you used it or not. Yeah, there's no way. They have no way of knowing physically that you actually used it. It, it all has to do with what the time, what the the time of your the time window of your fast pass is. So they know that, like you know, if it's if you get it at ten o'clock and you're going to ride at eleven, or that you can start you know from eleven to let's say eleven forty-five, you're allowed to go use your fast pass. As of eleven o'clock, you're free to get another fast pass, even if you haven't used the one you already have. Right, but you, you got don't it at ten. That's only been an hour. You don't have to. That's because your window that's of opportunity. Window. You. It's okay. I really don't understand, but it's okay. You just let Corey get them for you. Yeah, <laughs> everybody, give me their cards. I got the fast pass. We do that too. Yeah, just give you cards, and we'll we'll make it work for you. Yeah, there My is a possibility where you can hold two fast passes at the same time. Well, I know that, but we always wait two hours. I don't. I just don't understand how you cannot have to wait the two hours. Well, because usually we, we wait two hours because if we get a fast pass, because the fast pass return time isn't until four hours yeah, later. Yeah, it's usually so much more. We're using very short times right. as our yeah. example. But usually what happens is you get a, like, say, soaring. You get one at 10 a.m. It could be 6 o'clock at right. night. So that's why you wait the two hours. If your window of return, your window of opportunity, is shorter than two hours, you can get a fast pass after that window of opportunity closes. You understand what I mean? You don't have to wait two hours because your window already passed. Safest bet. Take a look at your fast pass. It will tell you on the fast pass right. what time you can get another one. That is not dependent on using the one in your hand. As long as, you know, if, if, if you look at the bottom of your fast pass and it says you can get your next fast pass at 245, then whether you've used that fast pass or not, at 245, right. you can go get your next. That's the safest way to do it, to be, not be confused. It's, it will tell you on your fast pass what time you can get your next one. And my fast pass tip is when you're going someplace, get all the fast passes you can for everybody in your party, even if everyone's not going to ride that, because then you know, what happens is then someone can ride it twice. Like yeah. we did that for my nephews and Expedition Everest. Kevin and I weren't going to ride it, but we went and got a fast pass. So when they were able to ride it, they came right off and rode again. Even if you're done with your day and you're walking out the park and you still have two fast passes in your hand, you can always give it to another guest. Absolutely. You know, that they're always surprised with that. Usually the, the getting a fast pass and the return time is within two hours is when you get there first thing in the morning you rush to splash mountain before you get on you pull a fast pass you go ride it you come back out use your fast pass you know it's it's usually early in the morning that you, right you get that cool well thank you Corey. thank you for confusing everyone fast pass science <laughs> really john you have one fast pass math is what we need to have I have one from our good friend Kim, Mommy Ceratops on the boards. And this is actually from her son, Caleb. And bear with me, guys. This one's a little long, but uh, there's sort of a, a reason behind doing the whole thing. A quick explanation. When your emails come into us, sometimes we'll answer them. Uh, for the most part, we hold on to them and we to, to do them on a show. But sometimes we have the opportunity to answer you directly. And Regina gets them as well as all of us. And she sometimes sees something that she wants to answer, so she'll reply in email. And that's what happened in this exchange. So I'm going to start with uh, the first email we received from Kim. 
your pod team. My name is Caleb. I am seven years old. We're watching Jungle Book, and I knew you would know the answer to my question. Baloo from Jungle Book is a bear, but bears do not live in the jungle. If you can let me know why Baloo is a bear in the jungle and what type of bear he is, he li- what type of bear Jeez. he is that lives in the jungle, I don't know. Also, I want to know what there is to do at Universal. We ne- we have never gone. My mom likes a lot of Disney. If you could help me out in telling me what I would like to do there, so I can take my mom. I really liked your pictures of the Simpsons ride. Um, can I find anything Pokemon anywhere? Thank you for the pictures and doing the show. I really like hearing it all. I like the dancing, smiling faces, and bananas on the boards. I wear my Diz Unplugged shirt a whole, 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 whole lot. One more thing. My cat is named Figaro, and I don't have a dog or one named Max. Thank you. Love, Caleb. That's cute. It's really cute. Uh, Regina replied and said, Hi, Caleb. There is a bear that lives in the jungles of Malaysia. It's called a sun bear. Did you guys know this? No, I did not. I thought this was great. She uh, gives the uh, Wikipedia address for a definition of the sun bear, and it says, It looks like sun bears don't like pythons or leopards very much. I guess this is the kind of bear that Baloo is supposed to be, even though he's tall and sun bears are short. Um, She goes on to say, Do you like Dr. Seuss? There's a lot of Dr. Seuss at Universal that you can take. You can uh, experience. Um, You will need to be over 40 inches tall to ride the Simpsons. There's lots of Pokemon. There's lots of Pokemon. (laughs) One one place where he can find find Pokemon is at Japan and Epcot. Yeah, I was going to say Mitsukoshi. Yep. And uh, he says, is your cat black and white like Pete's Figaro? Max Max is black and white too. Regina. And he then replied, or actually Kim replied to that, and said thank you for the information. We didn't know about Baloo, that's great to know. You guys do know everything. Um, and he sent a picture of Caleb with the cat. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to post it on the boards, but I have to pass it around. And it's just the cutest yeah, picture. Yeah, on it. The cute cat. Figaro is all black. His is, Figaro is black. Am I correct? Black. The cat has two different color eyes? I or is that just the, the flash? I think the flash got the picture. I don't know. I've never seen a flash give somebody... It is I've never seen a flash give a blue eye. There's one black eye, one blue eye. It's really mm-hmm. cute, though. Kim, thanks so much for sending us in. This actually made us all smile and chuckle. and Including Max, who's Tinkle apparently getting ready to uh, lead Santa's sleigh. And I think it's very cool that Regina found the answer for you of what kind of bear Baloo is. Sun bear, huh? Say hi to Caleb and Corbin for us. And hi, Anthony. Before Kevin forgets. So, Well, thank you very much for that, Caleb. Thank you, John. We have another voicemail coming to us from Kristen in Northport, Florida, who also has suggestions about ways to improve our dining reviews. <laughs> it's all about beating up on Kevin, so, there, isn't it? Here is here is Kristen. Hello, podcast crew. This is Kristen from Northport, Florida, and this is my first time calling into the show. I've been a lurker on the boards for quite a while, but just started listening to your podcast in December when I got my iPod. Uh, Listening to your podcast truly is one of the highlights of my week. First off, let me express my sincere condolences to the team as well as to Bob's family. He will be truly missed, and I hope he knows how many people he touched with his unique ability to make people laugh and his true love for all things Disney. Now, Kevin, I absolutely love your restaurant reviews. I don't think that you are a food elitist, as some may say, but only brutally honest, and that is the way that it should be. When people go to Disney, they want a truly unique vacation experience. And when I pay good money for food, I expect it to be good, and it also helps to know what I'm eating. My family's um, we're AP holders and frequent the world quite often. Um, there are plenty of places on property that I haven't eaten at yet, restaurant Marrakesh included. I was just over in Epcot last month, and we were going to eat there, but I wasn't too sure about the food and if I was going to like it or not. Another podcast I listened to just reviewed the same restaurant last week, and while they, too, said the food wasn't bad, never did they comment on the portion size or that weird fruit thing. After listening to their podcast, I I decided to try it out next time that we were in Epcot. However, after listening to the Diz, I may have changed my mind. I think our tastes and expectations are similar because I happen to agree with you on almost all of your reviews. I love trying new and different foods, but I like to eat. 
if I wanted bite-sized portions and samples, I'd go to Publix. I swear I can get an entire meal there just by sampling. Anyways, thank you for the time and effort you put into the reviews. They are truly appreciated and help me in determining where I will dine when I am in Disney. I have one suggestion that may help us listeners with your reviews, though. How about taking pictures of the food that you have ordered? Presentation is always important, and it may help us to understand exactly what you are reviewing and what we are getting. I know that you don't want it to be known that you are doing a review, but I do see plenty of other people taking pictures of their food. Just a thought. Also, I have a question. Is there a website that you can go to that lists when movies will be released out of the Disney vault? I have seen a few websites, but none really have consistent information, and I like to use these movies for bribery purposes. Hmm. My oldest daughter's five, and she's already a huge Disney fan. It worked wonders when Peter Pan was going to be released, and I am hoping for Snow White or Sleeping Beauty soon. Thanks again for all you do. Well, thank you very much, uh, Kristen. And uh, what do you what do you think, Evan? I think it's thank you very much. It, very nice things to say. You know something? I have pictures of the wave. I took pictures of all of our food. I, I've been. I try and do it. And what happens is we <laughs> get through, and we have a blank, an empty plate in front of us, and we go, "Oh, we should have taken pictures of that." <laughs> yeah, I, I do that all the time. Oh, uh, shoot! But this time we remember. We have pictures of everything from the wave. And what we've also been trying to do too is including something to give it scale putting a utensil on the plate. People said from our uh, from Kevin's Marrakesh review, they couldn't tell that the portions were that small because they had nothing to compare it to. So we're going to try to do that as well. I do want to say, though, a lot of people have been writing and saying that, um, that the Tangerine Cafe has very similar food to what's inside Marrakesh, but you're getting nice portions for less and money. And I've always liked the Tangerine Cafe, quite frankly. We're going to try it, but I think that's something that you can try is if you don't want to go into Marrakesh, Go to the Tangerine Cafe and see if you like that. Yeah. Because I'm sure you're paying for the entertainment that was inside. And if that's if you're not looking to be entertained while you eat, it's a great way to save some money. Okay. I'm really excited because I know when Sleeping Beauty is coming out of the vault. <laughs> um, I just happened to Google this several weeks ago because I wanted to know. And it said that October 7th of this year, which is Corey's birthday, he's going to be getting it. <laughs> That's exactly what he wanted for his birthday. She, surprise. She's bribing me with it. And then she's taking you to the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique to get a, a makeover. No, I'm just joking. But I'm not sure about Snow White, but I think what I Googled was Disney Vault Sleeping Beauty or Sleeping Beauty coming out of the Disney Vault, something like that. And I came across a website that told me it didn't list like every movie, but specifically that one. So just try Googling it. That's my only advice. I think it's every seven years, and I don't remember where I got that information, so I don't have any proof of it or anything. But I think I read somewhere that Disney considers every seven years and the next generation of kids, and that's when they start releasing the movies from the vault again. That mm. makes sense. So, well, thank you very much for calling in, Kristen. We appreciate it. Who else has a email that would like to read? I do. I Go ahead, one. Mrs. Martin. <laughs> Mine's from David and Jenny King in Birmingham, Alabama. Hey, guys, I just wanted to give you a quick update and a little more info on the wedding segment Julie did this past June 3rd podcast for Escape Weddings. My wife and I just got back from having an Escape Wedding last month, so I have a little more in-depth info. The annual passes received from the wedding are actually vouchers that you re- you have to redeem for an annual pass on property. They do not activate until you do this, and they will not expire until exactly one year from that date. So you do have a full year to use them and not just until January of 2009. You know, all my information came from the Disney website, so they need to update this stuff. <laughs> you know, It was odd when you said something like defective, it was good for the rest of the year. It didn't make any sense, but this makes more sense. Right. Um, He says that all pictures taken use a high-quality digital camera. Um, The photographer uses telephoto lens, etc., as he needs them. And he says that this must have been a misprint on the website uh, that I read. And it's it did in the two different (laughs) sections for Ariel and Cinderella. It says high quality and then just regular digital camera, which I found a little weird. So I'm glad he's clearing this stuff up. He has to say, in all, that everything Disney did for our wedding was fantastic and way over what I expected. The price of the wedding actually includes a lot, and you'd be surprised how many people can't fly into Disney to attend. So the 18-people wedding size was perfect for us. 
Even though the little extras can add up, the final price of our wedding was still very reasonable when we compared it to what we would have paid in Birmingham. Thought you might want to know and pass the word along. It was definitely worth every penny and a great alternative to the Wishes collection when on a budget. That's great to know. Yeah. I think part of what's funny about this is the way Disney words things. Mm-hmm. It I can think, be confusing. Yeah, it can. And I think they have to word it in the way that most people are going to understand it. But I think listing something as using a high-quality digital camera as opposed to a digital camera, I think that's just funny. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Mrs. Martin. Who else has one they'd like to read? John? I have one from Mitch in Lander, Texas. I hope I'm saying that right. Hello, podcast team. Recently, I was ready to book my family's trip to Walt Disney World and was informed that I could not get a quote yet as the prices for next year have not been released. I was wondering if there is a certain day month that Disney releases this information or if it is a play-it-by-ear sort of thing. Keep up the great work. You guys really helped me to relax working in the swing shift. Um, there's no set time when Disney will release the pricing for the following year. This is a pet peeve we have. I don't understand it. Get the information out there as soon as you can so people can start planning. A good rule of thumb is it's usually the fall of the previous year for the next year. And we're hearing that end of August, beginning of September is when we're going to start to see 2009 roll out. I understand that Disney has to do a lot as far as um, putting together their packages and what a package will include and pricing and things like that. I think we're all in the same boat when we say we wish Disney would do this a lot faster and a lot earlier in the year. It would make our lives a lot easier. Yeah, it certainly would. Certainly. Maybe one of these days they will, but who knows? I don't see why they don't do an early booking thing. Why don't you have book at today's rate for 2010? You know, you've got people's deposits, you're holding their money, you've you've got a secured booking now, and you know what your... your, uh, travel's going to look like i think uh, the numbers at disney world would have to go down pretty substantially before they do that but i agree you never know you never know they've done they've done strange things thank you very much john who else has one kevin i have one mine is from celine neely in tallahassee hi guys and julie thanks for the podcast and the website it made me realize i'm not the disney know-it-all i thought i was i'm not mad at you for that you're unbelievable Anyways, my question is related to Animal Kingdom. I have visited this park many times in the past 10 years. Can't believe it's been 10 years already. And I do not remember there ever being a boat ride of some sort around Discovery Island. I'm curious if I missed it or whether was there a plan that was never implemented or what. The reason I ask is because you can see the boat landing that is used for uh, Pooh and Friends character greeting. And then when walking around Discovery Island, you can see other spots where there could have launched a boat. And then, in a related question at Magic Kingdom, there's a boat landing right past Main Street and the walkway to Tomorrowland. Was there ever a boat ride there or something else? Am I crazy, or is my memory right thinking that there was something like little paddle boats? Now, whose name should I include in this email to have a better (laughs) chance to have it answered? Celine, you don't really have to include our names. and we, We pick ones that we know the answers to or we can do research on or we think other people will find interesting. We... There's lots of criteria. However, having your name in the email usually helps. (laughs) (laughs) There was definitely a boat at the Animal Kingdom when it first opened. It was the Discovery River boats, and they lasted a very short time. When I'm sure someone, again, will correct me that I don't have all of these facts actually absolutely right. When Animal Kingdom was first announced, there was going to be another part of the park called, uh, there was the Beastly Kingdom. And that was going to be where uh, mythical animals resided, the unicorn, the dragon, that kind of thing. Apparently, these boats were going to take you around and you were going to be able to see things from the boat. Well, when Animal Kingdom first opened, Beastly Kingdom has never been built. And there wasn't a lot to see from the boats. And what happened was people were queuing up to get on these boats and all it was was a boat. Hmm. You couldn't see anything except the landscaping. So this boat ride took you around, and people were annoyed by it. And it was also, the lines were ridiculously long. Right. It didn't absorb guests well at all. Correct. And they stopped it. They've never placed it back there again. 
onto the Magic Kingdom, yes, there were the swan boats right. that you could uh, ride. They were an A ticket, I believe, or maybe a B ticket when they first opened, and you paddled the boats around. And uh, that boat landing, which is down in the Rose Garden at the Magic Kingdom, is where you boarded the swan boats. Just for your information, the swan boats were donated to the city of Orlando and can be found at Lake Eola, which right. is in right, right in downtown Orlando. You can rent and paddle the swan boats around Lake Eola that used to be at Walt Disney World. All right. Thank you very much, Kevin. We have another voicemail coming to us from Kim in Pittsburgh who has some uh, information on the Sunrise Safari. Uh, a few weeks ago, we got a question about the Sunrise Safari over at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and Kim has done it, and she has some information to share with us. So here is Kim. Hi, Pete, Corey, Julie, Kevin, and John. This is Kim from Pittsburgh, Kai Urgent on the boards. I was just listening to the April 25th show again, and you were talking about the Sunrise Safari at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Well, I have taken the Sunrise Safari at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and it's a wonderful experience. You do get up early. I was able to take some pictures of sunrise, since this was December, from the concierge level at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, you all gather downstairs in that little lounge that's off to the left on the lobby floor of the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and they take you to uh, buses. And I remember Kevin saying, get on the second bus. Well, I got on, we all were on one bus, but um, when we got to the Animal Kingdom, there were two ride vehicles after you get to the Kilimanjaro Safari. We got on the second ride vehicle, and we had a much better time, I think, than the first ride vehicle. We got to see more animals. They do stop the animal, the Kilimanjaro Safari vehicles for you on the ride. You get about an hour on the safari route. It's the regular route. They just take it, takes you through, but they will stop. They are just letting the animals into their um, enclosure areas. Uh, as we were driving through, the giraffes were just coming in, and they didn't like it that the uh, car was just was just coming. They were kind of spooked by the um, ride vehicle. Um, and we did get to see a lot of interesting things. All of the big animals were there. Before you get to the safari, they take you backstage and you see all of the uh, large houses where they um, bring in the animals at night, um, the elephants and the hippos and such. And then they take you to the regular safari ride. You get on, you get to see the whole thing for about an hour, as I said, um, stopping whenever you really want, ask a ton of questions because you have your driver and you have one of the keepers. Our keeper actually worked at the Animal Kingdom Lodge with the animals there, but was giving the tour for us. Lots of pictures. Unfortunately, some of my pictures aren't as great because it was kind of a misty. It was December 06. A very chilly December 06, and um, it was kind of misty that morning, so some of the pictures weren't as good as others. Uh, but it's a very fun thing. They were telling how they keep the animals happy, and as we were passing the mandrel group, they had, um, you could see the mandrels ripping into brown paper lunch bags. They put treats in there, to, um, and the mandrels have to, have to find out what's in them, so keeps them happy. And it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing. In fact, I have booked the Animal Kingdom Lodge again for this coming December, concierge, so I can do the Sunrise Safari again. And they do take you to breakfast at Tusker House. This was before Tusker House was a buffet. And they set up a private room with a buffet, large, wonderful display, eggs, meat, fruit, pastries, uh, that good, that good uh, French drink that they have, the mixed fruit juices. It's a one, it, it's a, if you're staying Animal Kingdom Lodge Concierge, or if you just want to stay it for a couple of days, because it is expensive, to do the safari, they do them on Sundays and Thursdays, and you do have to be registered on one of those days. So I'm st going, staying Saturday night and Sunday night to take the safari this December. Someone want to join me? Uh, you guys have a good day, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. 
Well, thank you very much for that, Kim. I really it's a great review, and uh, really appreciate it. So, uh, what the heck? I'll let you pick a number. It was a nice review. Can Answered just, a lot of questions. Can you just see them all up there? Kevin says, "Take the second bus." Get all, <laughs> you know, indignant when they load the buses up. I want the second bus. My whole thought process there was they usually fill a bus, and I don't like being that crowded. And if you get at the end of the line and take the second bus, they usually don't fill the second bus, so you get a whole seat to yourself. It was funny when she's talking about uh, throwing the, the the bag, the brown paper bags of treats. That's what we used to do to Bob. <laughs> See if he can get it open. Yeah, throw a bunch of brown paper bags. Keep them occupied for a few minutes. So, all right. Thank you very much, Kim. I appreciate that. Who else has an email they'd like to read? Corey. I have one from Jennifer from Rahway, New Jersey. Is that how you say it? Yep. Um, hi, all. I have a question about computer printer access at the resorts. We were at the Poly and had our laptop. We paid for the in-room connection. We then needed to print our boarding passes, but there was no way to access a printer at the resort. Any idea how to accomplish this? Do they have a small business center where you can print out things? Um, the Polynesian does not have a business center. Really? Believe that. They, um, there's one at the Contemporary, the Grand Floridian, Boardwalk, Yacht Club, and Coronado. Well, that all makes sense. Those are convention resorts. Yeah, they, yeah uh, but you know what? I, I can go into a courtyard by Marriott or, or, or Hampton Inn, and they have business centers. It's surprising in this day and age. But I did call the, the hotel, and they said if you bring your laptop to the concierge desk in the lobby, they'll let you hook your laptop up to their printer and print it out. I don't know if there's a charge for it, but I know at the business centers the charge for the laptop connection is five dollars for fifteen minutes. It's a dollar per page, black and white. Two fifty per page color. Oh, they are. They but are I don't beyond. know if the concierge desk would charge you though. If you in a lobby, I'm, don't hold me to it. But if you're a concierge guest, I would say no. But if you're a regular guest, I would say they're going to charge you. So. Wow. There, there was a way to do page. it. A dollar, yeah, dollar per letter. But I thought it was a good question. You know, you, you yeah. want to print out your boarding pass. Yeah. How are you going to do that? So, well, cool. There you go. Great. Well, thank you very much, Corey. Who else? Anybody? Anyone? 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 Okay. We'll wrap it up. I get one more. Sounds like Ferris Bueller. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> Bueller. Anyone? All right. We have our last voicemail for this show coming to us from Melissa. In Los Angeles, who has some uh, very good tips for us about California adventure. And before we play Melissa's voicemail, just want to re- let everybody know uh, we're getting, I'm, I'm very happy that we've been getting so many emails and comments about the Disneyland show we, we put up last month. And uh, you, you guys have been waiting patiently for part two. We'll be recording part two of that next week. So you can expect uh, from Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish. I wish. I'm so wanting to go back right now. But uh, so Melissa has some tips for those of you planning on visiting California Adventure. And here is Melissa. Hi, this Unplugged Crew. This is Melissa from Los Angeles. I'm Stedham on the boards. I live in Los Angeles, about 15 minutes away from Disneyland, and I was lucky enough to have a great evening at California Adventure with my family on Friday night, so I just wanted to call and share a few tr- few tricks that we have for enjoying California Adventure. It's not something I hear discussed too often, so I thought I'd share my information. First of all, there are single rider lines available at both Thorn River, California and California Screaming. They're not terribly well publicized. You kind of have to look for them to know that they're there, and they can save a ton of time. Those do, you know, those are the rides that tend to have the longest lines at the park. So use those if you're looking to save time. Second of all, the wine bar at the um, Italian Trattoria is fabulous. They have dozens of different wines available by the glass. They also have bottles. You can take, you can carry the wine anywhere in the park, and it really makes for an enjoyable evening if you are of drinking age. Also, the patio that is by the wine bar can make excellent parade viewing if um, you can get there in time to score one of those coveted tables. I've had great views of the electrical parade there before. Thirdly, my um, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the Mission Tortilla Factory. They have free tortilla samples at the end of the tour. 
as far as I know, it's one of the only places to get free food in all of Disney. And if it happens to be your birthday and you're wearing a birthday button, they'll give you an entire package, which I think is pretty cool. Also, if you want to go to the Napa Rose but don't think you can afford dinner, which I know I can't always, they have a fabulous lounge that they serve wonderful wines by the glass, by the bottle, and they also have some really good flavored vodka martinis. When I'm with my parents, we do that a lot. We'll go there for drinks and then head somewhere. Okay, Melissa, I'm just going to interrupt you here for a second. There's an awful lot of talk about alcohol. What do you do when you go to California Adventure? <laughs> she sniffs out all the bars. Sorry, Melissa. Cheaper for dinner. Um, of course, using that side entrance from the hotel into the park, which is wonderful. Also, one of our favorite things to order there, which we just discovered, is the cheese plate. It's really, really tasty and a fairly good value. Finally, um, I would love to hear some kind of segment on Disneyland. I know you probably couldn't do it once a week, but maybe once a month, because we feel a little ignored out here at Disneyland. We don't get a lot of information about the West Coast parks, so I would love to hear that. So I'm going to sign off. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful week. Well, thank you very much, Melissa, for calling in. Um, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that now that we have our our phone system working. Uh, one of the reasons we don't do a lot of uh, Disneyland stuff is because we're not out there anywhere near as often as I would like to be. So now that we have the phone system fully operational and we're able to use it on the show, I was actually going to reach out to some of our uh, listeners out in California who may frequent the uh, the parks out there that can give us some regular updates, call into the show and chat with us. And uh, if anybody's up for doing that, we'd love to have you on the show. Um, so just uh, if, you, if that's something you think you might want to you might want to do, just send us a voicemail eight seven seven three one zero nine six six two. Give us your information. Let us know when you're generally available. We usually record the shows well with the new schedule we'll be recording the shows on either sunday or tuesday so if it's something you'd want to do you'd have to be available to call in um and we normally do it in the afternoons eastern time so you'd need to be available to uh call into the show to talk to us about uh i guess about morningish yeah noon <laughs> noonish you know late 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 morning to early noon early afternoon, sometime in that frame if you're out in California. So if you're interested, just give us a call, 877-310-9662, and we will absolutely add that segment to the show. So what the heck, Melissa, you get to pick a number two. John's like, damn, he's just giving away everything. Oh, and yeah, one of the one of the 50, uh, one of the 50 prizes in the prize Matron is going to be a podcast cruise. So. Da -da -da. The other 49 are... Kazoo. Really. <laughs> they buy personal appearances <laughs> at your house. <laughs> so that is going to do it for our email show this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Thanks very much for listening, and everybody have a great week. <laughs>